Welcome, everyone, to Season 4, Episode 141 of the Premiere Pod. I'm your host, Yashpika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. In this episode, we've got a pretty fun one. Um, obviously, Manchester United and Liverpool, uh, the news going around with Manchester United in that pretty big defeat to Arsenal, and then Liverpool getting a big win over their bitter rivals in the Merseyside Derby, but then a pretty fun wildcard topic that we'll mention once we get to it. Uh, but to get things started, uh, we actually flip into the order a little bit. We're starting off with Manchester United because they... I guess arguably, I mean, you could make the case that the other game was big as well, but this one, two big rivals, historic rivals in the Premier League, obviously are not fighting for the title as they once were in the early 2000s and late 90s. But obviously, whenever Arsenal and Manchester United meet, it's always a fun game, always stuff going on, drama, goals, challenges, anything you could think of. But this one, Arsenal ended up winning 3-1. But I feel like the scoreline doesn't tell the full story on this one because Manchester United did go down 2-0 early to Arsenal. But um, once Ronaldo scored one back and pulled one back and made it 2-1, you definitely saw chances like Manchester United were starting to develop a bit of, bit more confidence. They were creating more chances. Uh, Ronaldo uh, was connecting a bit more. Alenga had a couple of chances. But the turning point for the game came in uh, the second half when Manchester United had a penalty to potentially take them 2-2 and level it. And I think at that point, I personally thought like if they got the leveler right there, they probably would have gone on to win the game just because of the momentum that the way it was turning. But uh, Bruno Fernandes stepped up to the spot, missed the penalty. Aaron Ramsdale celebrated in his face, even though Ramsdale didn't even dive. I don't think he even dived. Straight up, like Bruno Fernandes caught him slipping because he did the little jump hop skip like Jorginho. But... Bruno dragged the penalty wide, hit the post. And after that, yeah, United had a couple more chances, but uh, Arsenal subbed on a couple of players. And then after that, granted, Xhaka just had a classic Xhaka goal from outside the box. Basically, no movement on that ball to make it 3-1. But yeah, it is. Uh, it was disappointing. I think a lot of United fans and the players have just kind of essentially phoned in the season just because we know how bad it is. We already have. We already know who our new manager is going to be with Ten Hag. I think everyone collectively is just ready for the next season or for the off season to start. You know, rebuilding and getting ready for next season. But it is still kind of disappointing because in a span of like basically a couple of days, we got demolished by Liverpool and we lost to Arsenal. So two of United's biggest rivals just getting thumped back to back. Not a fun sight to see. And yeah, it, this one hurt a little bit because it's like we showed some signs of uh, fighting back and potentially getting a winner or getting an equalizer, but it just wasn't in our cards. And yeah, just another loss to another big rival again this season for Manchester United. It just keeps getting worse. I mean, it's definitely confirming that y'all are tanking to get away from those European competitions like yeah. the Europa League and the Europa Conference League because I don't know. I always feel like there's certain teams that notoriously near the end of the seasons kind of slip down a little bit if they're kind of comfortable knowing maybe they're more mid-table kind of sides that they know they're not going to win anything, but they also know they're not going to get relegated. Kind of like Crystal Palace has been. They're just chilling. They they just tank the rest of the season. It's like, what are we going to do? It's like... (laughs) And I feel like Man U, they've kind of been in that situation where it's like, well, we kind of been struggling, got demolished with Liverpool. And then after that Bruno Fernandes penalty miss, it was like, all right, well... I guess that's us. <laughs> We're just not going to just keep going. And then it just looked very unmotivated, just very demotivated kind of team. And then on top of that, it was just, <laughs> it's just the memes that came out of this game from the Ramsdale celebration to Matic telling off the Arsenal fans, putting his three fingers up <laughs> for the trouble from like years ago. <laughs> yeah, like Mourinho-esque. Um, but it was, it was funny because Matic wasn't even on that, that I guess, treble winning team from like 16 17 i think uh actually i have no idea what he was referring to with three because i think he only has two premier league titles with chelsea one like under jose Mourinho, and then one under conte maybe he got it way back in his first spell at chelsea because obviously like he was brought back to chelsea went from his time in benfica but i i think he won the europa league with them before you i i don't know i was kind of confused with the the whole three thing there but yeah mm-hmm. definitely like um, almost paying homage to like that famous Jose Mourinho press conference after that 3-0 defeat against Tottenham way back in August of 2018 at this point, which is wild. It's so, 
so toxic. Yeah. <laughs> but just kind of funny at the same time. It's like, come on, man. But I mean, I also want to mention too that Bruno Fernandez penalty miss. Like, I feel like that kind of aura right now. Just yeah, everything, everything kind of going against Manchester. Yeah, everything is going wrong. And also, just like on top of that, that that little jump skip kind of penalty didn't really do too hot this weekend. You yeah, even saw like Jorginho miss. Yeah. So maybe it's a sign. Maybe, maybe the trend is going away. Doing yeah, the, it's like, doing oh, the hop it ain't skip. working. Yeah, it's just crazy because you know. When Bruno first came in and literally last season, you would put your money on that Bruno would probably make that penalty nine times out of ten. Like 90% of the time, you would think that you'd make it. But this season, obviously, he skied a penalty against Villa this season and then also missing this penalty against Arsenal. And just in, in general, this whole season, United have just had really off, you know, just really troubling penalty woes from the penalty spot. Even Ronaldo's missed one against Middlesbrough back um, earlier in the season a couple months ago. Um, so it was just a, it, it's just been like an all anything that could go wrong has been going wrong this season and especially these last couple months ever since that Champions League defeat against Atletico Madrid it just seems like everything has just been sucked out of this United squad um, but what was pretty telling was um, Ralph Raniuk the man who's just been on the tear in the press conferences just like lighting up the United squad and also lighting up like the hierarchy and board um, and I would say in a Pretty like I, I would say like he's doing it in a way where actually like a lot of United fans find it really refreshing because one thing that is um, kind of interesting is that Ralph Reniak he is an outside perspective essentially like he had no emotional ties to Manchester United beforehand before taking the job um, and uh, unlike Ole Gunnar Solskjaer obviously Solskjaer is a club legend he has a lot of emotional tie in played under Sir Alex you know in a lot of ways he wouldn't really do whenever he was in the press conferences. He would never really do anything to damage his reputation as like a former club legend or damage his reputation within the club structure. But for Ralph, to him, it's, you know, he's come in as like being an interim coach, but also having that consultancy role afterwards. And he's basically just laid out like, hey, this squad is not very good. There's a lot of players that are essentially not very good and they won't be here next season. And just basically setting a reminder that this squad will be cleared out for um, next summer, or at least a decent bit will be gone. Um, because man, it was, it's pretty telling when like your interim manager that's only been here for five months can already like basically spill out all the bad stuff that's been going on this entire season. I mean, on top of that, that's probably why it's just a little demotivating. It's just, you know, it's, you got your boss over here telling you, it's like, y'all suck. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta go. This is terrible. I mean, he's telling the truth and even a big name like Paul Pogba, I believe he's officially out this summer. Yeah, and pretty I've been much. seeing a lot of posts where it's like he's. <laughs> some people were saying he's probably one of the worst Manchester United signings of all time, just because of the price tag, and then just like the trophies won with him, and then his goals and assists for the club, and just like his availability is too. It's just he got more haircuts than like notable trophies. Yeah. So, what's it's, your take on that? Yeah, I mean, there there was like a report that came out, I think, yesterday or like on Sunday that basically Paul Pogba like told his all the teammates that he's probably going to be leaving and then left the WhatsApp group uh, for for the team. I mean, it's been pretty known that he was going to leave. Jesse Lingard is also leaving. Juan Mata is leaving. Lee Grant is leaving. Like there's a lot of players that contracts expire and going to be leaving. But yeah, Paul Pogba is an interesting case. I think it's just uh, one of those. I think I've said before. Um, I've always been a big fan of Paul Pogba, but I think we, we've said it before, I think last season or, or earlier this season, um, that he's kind of one of those players that is more of a kind of a luxury pick type players where if he's put into a system that fits his needs already and has players that will complement him, he will shine completely. I mean, that's why he shines so well for France because he has players like Conte, um, and Co to like, you know, cover for him in the midfield, but he's also given that freedom to kind of play in the likes of Antoine Griezmann, Mbappe, um, Coleman, and all those players. And even at Juventus, he had a cover of like Arturo Vital and Marquisio and uh, Pirlo to kind of cover for him. And that's why he was able to shine there. But at United, he was brought in to kind of be the centerpiece. But under him, like Jose Mourinho was a manager. Then you had Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Then you had Ralph Ranić. Then you had Michael Carrick be a caretaker. So it was just so many different styles of, of, of ways of playing under different managers that he never really got comfortable 
he was being played in positions that weren't his favorable position because I know Jose Mourinho tried to make him a like a central defensive midfielder and you know kind of play him in a two, um, but that never really worked out. And when they bought Matic, it was like, oh, we unlocked Pogba, but you know that only lasted for a little bit because obviously Matic at that point was uh, he was twenty nine thirty, so he was reaching like the peak of his prime. So it was just. It was just poor management from the club. It was almost, it, it's been the story ever since Sir Alex, Sir Alex retired. You get like a really shiny player, pay him a big ton of wages. He's He looks good, everything on paper, but then the team around him uh, just doesn't, never fit like this type of style that Paul Pogba plays. And because of that, he suffered from, you know, not being able to showcase what he can do consistently. And it, uh, it was unfortunate. I think his best seasons were, there was different pockets. I think, the 18-19 season when Solskjaer came in, like as an interim manager, Paul Pogba really shined for like those solid 20 games under him. And then the beginning of the 17-18 season, Paul Pogba looked really good. And, you know, a decent spurts during the 16-17, his debut season back at Manchester United, he looked good. But, I mean, after that, he did show like signs of his class like all the time, but it, it just never was consistent because there was just never the proper team around him to give him to allow him to play the way he wants to play. I really thought for a second there, you're going to say his best seasons were at Juventus. (laughs) It's like, holy cow. But no, I mean, it really does kind of play like that, where it's like his best seasons are basically what you're saying. The first seasons he was at Manchester United. Ever since then, it's kind of just been downhill or just not really a team that he can work with because he is like a luxury player. Kind of, You can even go back to some of our old pods. I think we literally have... Luxury pick Pogba as like yeah, one of our titles. Title. So I don't know. I guess that means. I mean, I definitely would say as a like same similar to last week where there's definitely a market for Pogba, kind of like how there was one or there is one for Harry Maguire and like all these other players that you know, just named that are probably going to get the boot at at the summer transfer window when their contracts expire or when Ralph Rannick decides like you know what you ain't it. Even yeah. Messi Lingardinho, like even him, he's a uh, he's not immune to the boot. So there's definitely going to be a market for all these players somewhere out there, maybe in the Premier League or other leagues. But I think Paul Pogba, he has to go to one of those luxury teams like a PSG or Juventus right now. It's not even the move. Yeah, it's been rumored that PSG have offered him, are the first team to really offer him like a significant contract. So, I mean, he, I think he would throw, I mean, that team would just be really, I mean, would not be a very like, it'd just be like a, a, like a chaotic team, but he would do really well there because he has, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the support around him in terms of the midfield. I mean, he has Verratti, but I mean, you have the three, some of the three best attackers in the world. Like he'll, he can feed them the ball very easily. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think Paul Pogba is just one of those players, unfortunately, where he he just needs like the proper system around him to do well, and just never got that at Manchester United. And yeah, it's just been a microcosm of his his career at Manchester United has been a microcosm of what United have been post Fergie. Just very disconjointed flashes of brilliance here and there, but overall just not not continuously, not able to put up a continuous fight throughout the entire season. And I think that's that literally sums up Paul Pogba at Manchester United ever since he's been back. Spurts of brilliance, but not able to keep it up for the entire season. Dang. When you put it that way. Paul Fogg was a whole microcosm of Manchester United. Pretty true. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty true. Yeah, spurts of good points, spurts of, spurts of hope. Yeah. But then kind it's of just, meh. <laughs> yeah, literally. Literally. And it, yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. I think it sucks that he's going to leave on a free contract, but I think ultimately it's better for both. It's best for both parties to just part ways. It just didn't work out. Um, hopefully, whatever club he goes to next, he can you know, thrive and just shine like he does for France. And then for United, hopefully they can learn from the situation and just know that, hey, I mean, there's been countless amount of mistakes, but just knowing that, hey, you can't just splash like 80 billion out of player and hope that he works out. You have to make sure he fits the style and management style and he fits the system of what you're trying to build. But um, I guess one more thing I wanted to mention about United, uh, with Eric Ten Hag coming in, there was a very interesting kind of analysis being that I watched or I read actually and it was the idea that Ronaldo could actually thrive a lot under Ten Hag and it's very interesting when I heard that because I think a lot of people when they saw Ten Hag coming in um, they thought Ronaldo would be like kind of the first people to get the boot because of the way he is in terms of 
you know, given his age, he's not going to press all the time. You know, he's a very kind of poacherish, sty- poacherish um, style of striker now nowadays where he's not going to make those darting runs anymore like he's a 19-year-old. He's very much going to, like, pick his spots and then score goals where he can. But one thing I saw that was interesting is that under Ten Hag, like, he plays a very offensive style. And they were basically talking about the idea of momentum and flow when it comes to offensive tactics and offensive, you know, play style. And he said that under Ten Hag, like the analysis I was reading, was like under Ten Hag, if they can build like a nice flow system of creating multiple chances in a very continuous fashion, that can actually play into the um, hands of Ronaldo, who, if given the flow and given uh, multiple chances or given kind of a... Um, a style of play where the ball is always being fed to the striker, being fed like through balls in, or you're just creating a ton of chances like Man City do, that can actually benefit Ronaldo because then he's basically able to play in kind of that flow state of just getting those countless amount of chances and converting them. Because I think what we've seen this season is that that's not often been the case. A lot of times what's been the case is that United don't really know what they're doing in the attack, so they just try to pass it to him. And then Ronaldo will just try to take some people on and it'll just get really slow and really dull. But I think under Ten Hag, like you progressively move the ball faster and quicker. And I think when you do that, it actually could play in the hands of Ronaldo, who, you know, is not some slow poke. Like he like like Messi, if given the chance and given the ball in the right space, he can he can still show off that quickness that he's like a 19-year-old again because they're just so good. And I think if you play in a system like that that could actually benefit Ronaldo and he could actually score a lot, a lot more goals. And I, I, I just found that very interesting because I think that was the first time I ever heard like the counter argument of, oh, yeah, he may not press all the time, but he could still be a, an asset at least for next season. Because right now United don't really have a very reliable striker at this point besides Ronaldo. And if you remove Ronaldo, it's kind of left with like no good number nine at the club. You got like Cavani and then sometimes Cavani's Alonga, out, I guess. He's out of oh, the... Cavani's out. <laughs> yeah, that's also out. true. Yeah. He's out. Martial has been... Martial definitely, like, I don't know. He'll probably be shipped out. Rashford, not really a striker at this point, like more of just like a winger. So, yeah, I just found it very interesting. I, I really never thought about like that counter argument for like Ronaldo and getting like fed a bunch of chances, um, which for his type of style, it would make a lot of sense that he would thrive under that type of system. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you think about Ajax right now, Who's that kind of player right now for them? Sebastian Haller. Yeah. A man who was kind of struggling besides scoring that one bicycle kick at yeah. West Ham. So it's like if his career got kind of rejuvenated. Even Ajax under this. Like do something. Yeah, Tadic too. And like Tadic is not even the fastest player too. But like he, if this kind of Eric Ten Hong kind of style of just like feeding that one striker with all these kind of like wingers and just like smart attacking kind of players kind of like and creative midfield just kind of like how man city does it's like you know ultimately that's the goal but on paper that's it sounds good but it's like can you do it because it it took a while for man city to get into that kind of state to just constantly just have players that can run down the wing Mm -hmm. send in 50 crosses a game and they get you know like 20 chances a game whereas right now man you i don't know if you put the same players in a system like this You'll get more than five. <laughs> yeah, it, it will definitely so. take. It will definitely take like a like a lot of time, obviously. But I think, um, I think you know, there will be games or like there will be moments where you see like kind of like okay, the style kind of getting in there. Um, and I think I, I, I don't know. At least I, if they don't bring in another striker, I think unfortunately, I think he just if Ronaldo wants to stay, I think you have to keep him because it's, you know, if you remove Ronaldo, there really is not another number nine at the club that could consistently even score. I mean, at that point, you're kind of left like where Arsenal are at right now, where Eddie and Ketia and Lacazette can only produce like moments of random brilliance, but it's not consistent. Um, and they're just kind of relying on Saka, Odegaard, Emile Smith-Rowe to kind of score all the goals. Um but if you remove Ronaldo, then United are kind of in that same position where they just kind of hope that Bruno, Rashford, Sancho, Alanga can score enough goals to just keep them keep them going. You know, if that makes sense. I feel like this would be a whole separate pod for just hmm, who would be like a good striker to kind of bring into Manchester United. Yeah, there's a there's a few kind of names being thrown out there. You got like so or Darwin Nunez. From, yeah, uh, he's, like he's a hot striker right now for Benfica, but. We've seen what like also, past Benfica strikers. Sometimes they don't really pan out the way they're supposed to. That's true. I mean, you know, also you also got like Tammy Abraham, like yeah. another name 
I'll throw it out there, but in Roma, I mean, we'll yeah. see. I feel like it's gonna be a very interesting side Manchester United next season because you know a year ago from or yeah a year ago from basically today we're basically saying it's like oh they're only a few pieces away from really challenging and I I, I feel like we both said that at even the beginning of this season and then now it's like at the end of the same season all right time to. <laughs> scorched earth the whole team yeah time to restart yeah so and i think it's that's a very uh, interesting side next season yeah and then like just quick last point i think that's just been a byproduct of what united have been since post fergie is just like trying to bandage over like the deep rooted cracks and i think that's what ralph Rennick has been pointing out is that we cannot continue just putting bandages over these like foundational problems at the club if we don't fix this then we're just going to continue being like this so i think it was very refreshing to hear that he sees the foundational leaks that are happening and he's going to work. Like hopefully he gets the resources to be able to fix those because if you fix the foundation and you build that up, then everything else will come better. And we've seen with all these other clubs, but we'll see, we'll see what happens. It's been, it's been a struggle of a season and it's continuing to struggle for Manchester United. But um, I guess moving on to Liverpool in the Merseyside Derby, Liverpool, getting a 2-0 win. I had to cover this game, um, and when I was watching it, it was definitely pretty dicey for like the first, I think it was like opening 50, 55, 60 minutes, and especially at the end of mm-hmm. the first half where essentially Frank Lampard, uh, Everton entered this game in the relegation zone because Burnley won, and right now Everton still sit in the relegation zone in 18th place, and Frank Lampard just set up Everton to basically time waste, defend, and just play Burnley-esque football and just try to get under the under the skin of Liverpool and for the most part it was working but then Liverpool's class like um, basically got the better of them and they were able to create a couple chances and score those but yeah Everton were really really getting on the time wasting like they were doing it to the T like almost Diego Simeone like took a pitch tried to take a, a play out of his playbook. It really was like I, I remember. Man, why is everyone doing this Diego Simeone tactic that he did <laughs> against works. Man City? Even Liverpool did it like a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Man, this sucks." <laughs> and then Everton pulled the same playbook out. It's like you know what? We're gonna do it too. Basically, back four, five in the middle, right in front of that back four, and then just one striker up top, and you just have one player from that middle five line of midfielders kind of bum rush whoever has yeah, the ball. It was on the Anthony other team. Gordon. Yeah, Anthony Gordon, or I think it was a Wobie if it's on the other side. So it's like this, it was so annoying. This is probably one of the most frustrating Liverpool games or Merseyside derbies that I've ever seen. Because usually Everton are very good about bringing the bad vibes to a Merseyside derby, whether it be injuring or star player, (laughs) like having Jordan Pickford do a slide tap. I don't even know if it's like a scissor kick. Against oh, yeah. Van Dyke, like three feet yeah. off the air and like d- rip his ACL or injure Origi at least once a season. It's, um, you can basically count on Everton to pull something like that. And I was like, what are you going to do this time? This time, it's like they played the most anti football thing I've ever seen, where Jordan Pickford abused the rule of time wasting so hard where he would, the goalie is only allowed to hold the ball for six seconds. But there's certain kind of mannerisms that you can do to kind of extend that. So every time he caught the ball or kind of controlled it, he'd pick it up and then fall on top of it. And that would add an extra 15 or 20 seconds. And then whenever he gets a goal kick, he would purposely walk to like the other side of his goal box, place the ball down, take like 20 steps back, like take a huge breath of air, smell the grass, look at every single person in the crowd, and then finally kick it off. It's like they would run out of replays by the, before like he was able to pick up the ball, put it down, and kick it away. It's like, what is he doing? And the ref, he did a really bad job of controlling this game. Yeah, he was like, just, there's like, fights breaking out. Like for Charles, well, I, I forgot who it was, but it was just... Yeah, he was like... Off, man. I, think, like <laughs> I think he was like, he was running towards the player to give him a yellow card. Like, yeah, like it's some Corey. movie. Like he was like playing like it was like some movie or something. <laughs> literally it was so bad because he just basically let the Everton players do whatever they want yeah. and like fights broke out Richarlison hit the deck I would say every every single time he was touched or the wind blew a little too hard he, you could find him on the ground holding something to the point where he cried wolf so much that the one team he actually twisted his ankle no one went to <laughs> no one went up to him it's like oh he's just on the ground again so you know that's a lesson right there, right there. Don't don't be faking injuries. Yeah, but it was incredible. He he was on the ground. I wish I counted, but I feel like 
I wouldn't be surprised if it was 10 times. Jeez. And it was for just various reasons. And Lampard basically encouraged it. Like he just basically told all his players like, you know, time waste, do all this kind of anti-football stuff. And it, for the worst part, was that it was working. Like the first half, Liverpool couldn't do anything. And this is the most insane tactic I've ever seen. I was like, this is what desperate people do in rec leagues that <laughs> don't have like any star players. And they know, because like we basically did this at one point <laughs> in one of our leagues. But I was like, I can't believe someone in a professional league is actually doing this in, in this kind of situation. I guess like relegation does something to you. Like it yeah. just pulls out this kind of desperation mode. But I was like, this is insane to see. And the crazy part was that it was working because even in the first half, Everton, I felt like had the better chances. They had two or three breakaway one-on-ones, but like, of course, based on their poor form, they couldn't, you know, finish those off. But it was just so desperate. And also just like Anthony Gordon too, just diving, going kind of bad-mannered kind of tackles, kind of things like that. So (laughs) it was was all over the place. But as you said, after Liverpool kind of switched it up, they subbed on Divock Origi, the hero, and they yeah. subbed on Luis Diaz to kind of change it up from a 4-3-3 to what I thought of as a 4-2-2-2 to kind of overload and stretch that Everton defense. They immediately unlocked it. And then they scored a goal almost immediately right after that. Yeah. Um, right after that substitution. And Luis Diaz, he looks so confident in this game. He he brought up the tempo so quickly. And also on top of that, he was doing Neymar-esque kind of touches yeah. like he controlled the ball at one point with like with like almost like a fancy i don't even know what you call it it's yeah i don't know what you call <laughs> it either but yeah neymar neymar does it a lot yeah where it's you kind of put your leg your right leg behind your left leg and you control a ball coming at you from the air it's it was crazy and then he got he brought like this kind of intensity that like the everton backline was just not ready for and mm-hmm. bringing out that tempo was basically what liverpool needed and that ultimately led Liverpool to getting that 2 0 win. But Divock Origi, man, I will have to say too, I'm going to miss this man. It looks like he's going to go to AC Milan. Oh, he really? scored another, another dagger in a Merseyside hey, derby. He scored like nine goals against Everton in his Liverpool career. That's wild. <laughs> he's, he's also usually like a like a sub on, and he, he, it's almost like a guaranteed. Even Klopp, you can kind of hear it in his um, like mic'd up kind of post match. Like when everyone's walking around the pitch and then, you know, shaking hands, kind of things like that. He he gave Origi a hug and he was just like, I can always count on you every time. <laughs> it's like guaranteed. You always come through. And I was about to cry. I was like, man, we can't replace Origi. He like, yeah. his football without Origi is nothing. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to do. It's like yeah, he, he's, been, he's he, really a catalyst for these kind of hard situations. It's hard to replace super subs like that. Yeah, exactly. And also, who wants to be a super sub at the same yeah. time? Like, I mean, Origi's winning trophies. He's winning stuff like that. But he's like, he's in his prime right now. Like, he's been... Wait, how old is basically, he? Is he like 30? I think he's like 27. Wow. He's not that old. Like, I Darn. think in the 2014 World Cup, when he kind of made a name for himself, I think he's like 17 years old. Wow. At the time. Jeez, so I, thought he was, I thought he was out here like 29, 30. I didn't realize he was 27. Wow. I, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but like... Um, it. He's still relatively in his prime. So, yeah. I I mean, I can see why he probably wants more minutes. And I know being a, a sub all the time is not probably the best. But, yeah, I mean, it's that's one of those intangible players. Where it's just like, man, you kind of have one of those luxury kind of years where it's just you have so much depth and there's not really a transfer window yet. You can just make the most of it. And this is one of those times when you just have a Divock Origi you can just bring off, off the bench. And make a big difference at a Merseyside Derby, but man, I I remember last week kind of saying on the podcast that you never want to lose a rival. You never want to lose. Like if I was Liverpool, you don't really want to see Everton go down. You don't want to see Man U struggling. But man, after that game, if I was <laughs> if Everton are gonna do that every single time at this point, I'm like, I feel like they've done it before though recently under like not, not this bad. Really, I feel like. like they've d- Maybe not at this extreme, but I feel like it wasn't under Lampard, but maybe under Marco Silva or like some other manager, Ronald Koeman. Um, they've done something like where they just like straight up sat back the Marseille Derby and just hoped like that they just could suck the energy out and just get a result. I mean, but this was like to an extreme, I feel like, to the point where it's like it was just. It was like a Diabiopo. clown show. Yeah. Like you could like at the very end. um, 
right as Liverpool were basically about to wrap it up in the 90th minute, uh, I believe Richarlison took a shot at Allison. Yeah. And then Allison caught the ball. Like, you know, he was standing up and everything. Everything was fine. And then he took two steps to his left and just fell on the ground over the ball just to mimic what Pickford did the entire game. <laughs> and that was the most yeah. banter thing I've ever seen. Because, <laughs> like, Pickford did that. I've, I feel like there's a competition to see who hit the ground more, Pickford or Richarlison. <laughs> oh, it was insane tough, tough decision but i mean seeing kind of everton pull kind of tactics like that i was like man they're getting and they get relegated it, it was the desperation came off and it was like they kind of deserve it kind of pulling off kind of stuff like this because if they're not going to play why even be in the league it's like what the heck so i mean maybe yeah, i'm just being salty because it's against my team but yeah it's, it's actually crazy that they're uh it's almost may couple of days out before May and they're literally in the relegation zone right now. Mm-hmm. That's and awful. I was going to probably have like a wild card week me kind of talking about relegations and promotions as well, just because now we officially know Fulham is going to be promoted from the championship into the Premier League. But we'll yeah. probably kind of mention that as a wild card on a week when we kind of know officially who's getting relegated or we kind of have a better idea yeah. of who's also getting promoted, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Everton, for the first time in like, I think 50 or so years, is looking like they could get relegated, which is a big thing because they're basically mm. like a big club, such yeah. as Leeds or Newcastle. If like yeah, if they were to go down, that'd be a big like, deal. Yeah, I would say they're probably even, probably even bigger because they just have like a really rich history of like the players they've had before, like Wayne Rooney, like other players. Like it's wild. Mm-hmm. Like even like Lukaku was there at one point. Yeah, like and Lukaku, David Moyes like kept them like a like very consistently pretty good in the Premier League for a long time. Seamus Coleman, I mean they, Phil, Jack, I mean they, Leighton Baines, like they they've had a lot of pretty good Premier League players come through there. Like uh, it's yeah, yeah. Mikel Arteta started off with the Premier League with oh that's true. Everton, yeah, Mikel so. Arteta, and you got yeah. uh, the American savior. Tim Howard. Yeah. So there you go. Can't forget about Tim Howard to go. So yeah, they've had a lot of pretty good, like memorable Premier League players come from there. So it'll Mm -hmm. be actually crazy if that that actually comes true or they get relegated. I'd be mad. And their expectations this season were to, you know, challenge for Europa League, like Europa Conference League. Never forget they were in first place for like two weeks, I think, last season (laughs) or a week. (laughs) That was awful. (laughs) I was like, why? And like, yeah, Calvert Lewin, Richarlison were going off, but now look at the, look what's going on. He's like, yeah. geez, how Shambles. how far they have fallen. But <laughs> I mean, for Liverpool's sake, this is a great thing to see another yeah. win in the Merseyside Derby, and a very frustrating evening. I guess for me, it was kind of early in the morning, but mm-hmm. for them, it was very. I guess it was like mid evening for them, but like it was a very good result just to see. And the title race continues while the relegation battle for Everton kind of continues for them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it'll be a struggle, but Liverpool continue to keep the train rolling. And they've got a big matchup in the Champions League because we're recording this on a Tuesday against Villarreal tomorrow. So we'll see what happens there. But they, they're continuing to roll in terms of like their hopes for a quadruple or a potential quadruple. But um, mm-hmm. I guess moving on to our wildcard topic, we didn't mention it before, but uh, kind of a fun one and kind of a more personal-based story here. But uh, I guess I'll let Tyler kind of take control here because... Definitely his 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 story of choice right here. So I I just had like a little PSA because we have like a little power in the pod now. So like yesterday, as y'all know, we both moved to different states somewhat recently, and I recently have signed up for like a co-ed league in the Portland, Oregon area, and um you know it's just like a good way to meet other folks and start trying to play again. But um. I wasn't able to find a team. Like I was just like a free agent kind of looking around. And I recently got told that there's enough of a like pool of free agents that we can just make our own team, but just someone needed to step up and be team manager or like a, like a captain, something like that. So I threw my hat in my ring in the ring and I was like, let's see what happens. And I got the call up to see, it's like, all right, you can lead the team with like one other dude that also kind of threw his hat in the ring. It's like, all right, cool. But now we need more recruits. So if anyone is in the Portland, Oregon area and is looking for a really laid back kind of co-ed league, kind of laid back team as well, let me yeah. know. We're looking for anyone that's just, you know, wanting to play in the area because that's just what I'm doing. We're just going to be looking for like a new way to kind of meet other folks. And it kind of is reminiscent of our 
read quad kind of days. I'm very tempted to, I'm in charge of naming the team. So I was very tempted to name it read, read, read squad and then confuse everyone be like, what's read squad. It's like, don't worry about it. You don't know. <laughs> oh, it's man. a, it's a throwback, but I mean, if anyone also has suggestions for what we should, or what I should name the team, let me know as well. Kind of DM me or kind of send me a message, but literally this is like a big PSA it's for anyone in the Portland area. Just hit me up because we're, we're looking for players. We're trying to find as many players as we can. Yeah, no, I uh, I was gonna ask like the um, like I know we were talking before the pod, but like the the fact that it's co-ed is pretty cool. Then also like the skill level is like it's like pretty beginnerish too, which is which is good. So you don't like you won't get infested with people that are like trying to make it pro at like forty five years old. Essentially. Yeah, um, I basically just look for leagues that I could go there, knowing it's like okay, I probably can't last a full ninety minutes. Yeah, but and no one else can. Too. I also- <laughs> yeah, no one else can too, which makes it better. And also just knowing that I can go there and not get scared. Someone's going to slide tackle me, break my leg off or <laughs> kind of play like it's their life. Kind of like, as you said, it's like, a World Cup like final. <laughs> it's like a World Cup final for them. It's like if I lose, if I leave this game losing, it's <laughs> the world's over. It's like, <laughs> no, I'm just here to like run around like meet folks. Yeah. So I try to look back for those kind of leagues and kind of even give you perspective too. It's like. Yes, was, I remember Yes asked me, he's like, how do you, how can the league know if someone's skill level is compared to like everyone else? And it's like, you kind of just have to tell the director that's in charge of the whole league. It's what your background is and like what you're looking for. So for all we know, this kind of laid back league could be full of good former players. But I mean, hopefully uh, <laughs> it's not too competitive or intense because, you know, I'm just looking to kick around and run around and get my cardio in. Yeah, But to kind of give you perspective, there's like in my league, there's seven divisions and the top division, like division one division. It's very much like FIFA where it's like the elite players, former, (laughs) former pro players, former D1 athletes that just didn't make it pro, but they still want to play. They all go in here like one, two. And then the players are just a little below that. You got, you know, the semi pro to maybe D2, D3 college athletes to maybe very good varsity players back in the days. You got that's like division three, four, and then a little bit of five where it kind of slips into it's like, all right, there was like former select team players, former high school collegiate yeah. players. And then those all kind of go in five and four kind of mix in there. And then six, that's when you just have like, you know, those ath- quote unquote athletic enthusiasts that just want to learn the game, play the game, maybe never play competitively. They go in here and then you got division seven, which is the noobs. <laughs> and I was like, put me in six and seven. Anywhere around there where I can just, I don't mind being the big fish in the pond. I just want to go in there and feel like I can just come out with both my legs pristine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So now I'm going to get chucked into division six with this team of free agents and anyone that maybe reaches out from the pot. And that, that kind of gives you kind of more pers- pers- yeah, perspective. And it's going to be in a 11 v 11. I haven't played an 11 v 11 match since like officially since maybe senior year of high school. And yeah. at this point that was seven years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. So, that's like, that, that's a pretty long time, but I was going to say, I do agree with you that I, I prefer, uh, cause I'm not very good either, but I, even, even in sports where I feel a little bit more comfortable with like basketball and, you know, American football, I think I, I prefer playing with just like more of like a laid back beginner people um i don't mind playing with people that like are kind of in the similar skill gap but i think the problem i run into is that um sometimes people take it way too hard especially because I, I i guess i never really understood that because i get you know people want to win and they want to like do well but you also kind of have to put it in perspective like the you know look at who you're competing against like you're probably competing against people that don't train regularly are just kind of doing this for fun, looking for like a way to get cardio in or just have like a nice exercise or a nice day out on a Saturday. Um, there's no really real reason to like yell at them or like scream at them to like go somewhere or like, you know, you know, trying to like pinpoint them like you're like some Pep Guardiola. Like, come on. Like, it's just like, you know, you, you got to leave that stuff behind. Like, these are people just trying to have fun and like, you know, have a good time. Like, there's no need to bring like intense coaching tactics to it, you know? I just remember back in the days, like I, I used to play pickup at my local park back in, uh, in in Georgia. And there's this one kind of like dude, I guess he was like roughly around my age now where someone like tackled him. He's like, hey, man, I got work tomorrow. <laughs> and then I'm like, geez, 
And then now I'm just exactly that guy. I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta show up to work tomorrow. I mean, I work from home, but I mean, regardless, I don't want to be like just caked in the hospital my chair, bed. just like, all right, I'm, I'm toast. So, or like, just like, <laughs> like completely bandaged up guy, like in SpongeBob. So I'm just like, all right, I'm just looking for something that's more chill. And yeah, I mean, that's basically how it is. It's kind of just seeing uh, who's around and I, and kind of putting perspective too, is like, of the other like co-captain I'm kind of working with, he's like, yeah, I also played for like a few years now. It'll be really chill. Just, you know, we're not going to have any practices. This is just <laughs> the league games are, are the, the only times we'll play. I'm like, sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> so mean, that's, we'll see. that's, and the, our first, that's the best way. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> our first game is in two weeks and it's, uh, we, we have right now two people on the team and, <laughs> So we have we have to crunch to get some players. So hopefully we'll give you guys some updates as the season goes on because it'll, it'll last from basically May until uh, sometime in August. And I guess we can give you some updates if we actually win a game because I know it'll probably be the struggle just being a whole bunch of random people with no team chemistry yet. But hopefully by the end of the season it'll kind of work out because you know we'll see we'll see if there's any hidden gems in the team any. Uh, any beasts that just kind of just saying around saying like, Oh no, I don't really, I'm not really that good. Conte, and then it's like, Oh no, I've been playing Conte for, from the rough. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I've only been playing for 30 years. It's like, okay. <laughs> and also, yeah, I'm also going to be probably one of the youngest people in the league because I'm also joining a league where like the minimum age for a male is 25 and I just turned 25. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm like running alongside of some like 50 year old dude or some like 65 year old woman. <laughs> so hopefully i can do well i'm like <laughs> i'm almost in the, yeah. the prime years by by august hopefully tyler, tyler will be like the top goal scorer or like the top assist maker one of the two hopefully the league also has a, a weird quirk where uh you can only score two goals per game that way you can, it kind of forces you to rotate players up from defense to midfield to offense kind of give everyone a chance to score but you can get a limited assist so maybe i'll go for the assist record yeah. assuming Everyone on my team can finish. Hat trick of assists incoming. Hat trick of assists every game. I don't know. Maybe I'll play in goal a few times. Maybe try to score a punt. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I need that kind of wind. Pickford, you start. <laughs> I'm wasting like, like Pickford. That's the tactics for your team. Time waste like Everton. Guys, we were 1 0 up. It's time to park the bus. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we'll can you imagine playing pickup and then like you face another team that's just straight up like tried to park the bus? I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting too because like I don't know what the logistics are around my league because as the team manager, I'm like, am I in charge of tactics? Am I in charge of formation? Things like that. Am I allowed to just try to implement a gang and press? And kind of yell at players if they're the not, press, you know. Press lasts for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's like, guys, we only did it for one minute. What happened? What happened to the team shape? It's like, boss, <laughs> we need that Gatorade. <laughs> that stamina bar went from 100 to 10% real quick. We had an injured player with a pulled hamstring in the fifth minute of the game. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm, Cause I don't know. I, this is this is my training for if I'm ever a coach one day for like a U10 league. <laughs> I've got to yeah. be like, all right, time to implement these gang and press styles, and then uh, I don't know, or maybe pull out that Pep Guardiola tiki taka. I don't know. That might be a little bit too complex. I can't even do that, but I can definitely yeah. run around and try to pressure someone. You know, it's kind of like the NFL where you have edge rushers. The less time you give someone on the ball, the better chance you'll probably cause them to make a mistake, and then. Yeah, there you go. So that's my tactic. Hopefully, everyone else will listen to me. But <laughs> that's my PSA right there. Oh shoot! If anyone's pod sniping us and taking my tactics, they're like, "Oh, they're gonna do this and try to counterattack with the four in the back and the five in the midfield." That Atletico Madrid, <laughs> the Atletico Madrid park the bus style. I already know how to that counter that extreme. based on this Liverpool game. That would be extreme. Like that. That would like legit be extreme. Just you have an opposing coach just trying to like steal tactics off a podcast that'd be crazy dude imagine someone shows up all dressed in black like you know black suit black tie just yelling at his players (laughs) (laughs) i'm like holy cow and it's like some kind of 
middle-aged Argentinian guy just shouting at his players. I'm like, oh, it might be him. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if Simeone shows up, but literally I by mean, we'll s- this is all like the, the playbook I have right now for at least the team tactics. But, you know, if anyone else has any tactics, let me know too. Don't just say like ultra attack or <laughs> or balance. <laughs> it's the same people. <laughs> you got to get some legit set, tactics. I have that player roles. Yes, yeah, like player roles. Always running forward. Running behind. Cover center. <laughs> Put in, run in behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, get in behind. It's like I've all of my training in FIFA is like that. Stay back while attacking. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, if, the fullbacks to overlap. <laughs> yes. If anything, if everyone's fit enough, I would kind of do literally what Liverpool would do and just kind of overload and make the fullbacks join the attack all the time. But. I mean, we'll see. For all I know, I could be just be talking crap and we're just going to be toast, but within 10 minutes and we're just, we're just running around. You conceded but, five by 10, 10 minutes. It's like, all right, we got to re-strategize. We got to re-strategize. It's like timeout. We don't have a Van Dyke back there. <laughs> then you, got like, you got Maguire. You got Maguire. <laughs> we have Maguire. I would take Maguire on our team right now. We freaking, it's better than nothing because we got no one. <laughs> And maybe Maguire might do better and new change of scenery over here. So <laughs> it might do him some benefit. Oh, man. And he has that captain experience. So maybe That's he'll true. be able to give me some pointers. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll actually have someone playing center back for us. Because that's also one thing, too. I was like, oh, we're looking for goalkeepers. We definitely need a goalkeeper on the team. Because I was also thinking, I was like, who is going to do that? I have gloves, but I mean, I'm also like 5'8". So I'm not gonna do too hot. <laughs> you know, Courtois on that. Just you can't just yeah. Like, I ain't six six Courtois. Yeah, I ain't gonna do as well. So I'm already a little undersized for that. But I have gloves in case it's it's needed. But also it's, it's D6. I I feel like the finishing can't be that great. Yeah. That I'm that I'm running against. You just get that so, one lucky goal where they just somehow hit like in the top corner and like how did you do that? I'm like I don't know. <laughs> it's like the power of the the co-ed league. And that's also the thing, too. Hopefully, it won't be too intense if it's a co-ed. I feel like if it's all dudes, it's just too much testosterone that's running around. Yeah. And it might get a little too physical. But I feel like if it's co-ed, it should be more laid back. Like, yeah, I don't like think it would nice be balance. a hero a nice just knocking everyone down <laughs> in a co-ed league. So, it's like, all right. Yeah, hopefully, so you we'll guys see. feel like a nice balance there. But, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Um, but you know, And hopefully, I'm not the youngest one there. Uh, that'd yeah. be kind of sad. <laughs> that is anything wrong with like older people it's just like dang yeah you want to find people like similar to your age age group yeah and also i feel like the stamina as we've seen in fifa and in real life the pace significantly drops after you hit 30 yeah and so does the stamina apparently so <laughs> we'll see but it will be jokes though if i end up on a team full of like like 50 year old people <laughs> yeah and then, then it's like, like well what do I do? We're either at a we're at a soccer game or a PTA meeting. It's like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, what is this? Gosh. Oh man. But I mean, I'll be uh I'm excited for that. We'll give you more up or I guess I'll give you more updates as the season progresses. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah hopefully that's, hopefully for your sake, hopefully the you find a team and um you have some good fun with it because it's always fun to play like some organized soccer. Yeah. And I was, I've been dying to play. I haven't played and kicked the ball for months now since I moved yeah. here. So PSA to everyone in Portland or anyone that knows anyone in Portland, join my team. Yeah. Un, unnamed at the moment. But I did get some suggestions to name it like the Copites or anything like that. I was like, I don't know if anyone that's not a Liverpool fan would fly with that. But I am also in charge. So it's like, what are they going to yeah. do? <laughs> You're the boss. The big boss. I am the boss. But can uh, name it whatever we want. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good luck with that. That that it's it's always really fun. Like 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 you said, uh, to get involved in like pick up a game, or, like organized soccer. Because yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like a good way to spend some time on a on a random day and burn some calories and also have some fun at the same time. Oh wait, what if we named the Premier Pod? Oh, <laughs> that's a free advertising. Or or we get jerseys and we get we we are the main sponsor. We have no money to give from the <laughs> podcast, but if we can put our logo on the front. That's free advertising yeah. right there. There we or go. Or you can be like the pseudo advertiser, you know, on the sleeve or like right above the butt on the back, you know? Yeah, there we go. But I mean, I'll take that. 
possibility. It'll be your first time. If anyone wants to sponsor our team as well, it it is a uh, <laughs> it is a rec league. So you will not get any. You will not get too much publicity, but it will be for jokes. If you do want to sponsor my team, yeah. And I do, we do not have a uniform, so um, Good we'd have pennies. to buy a uniform. <laughs> you'll just have pennies with whoever sponsors us on it. It's not even like ironed on. It's just like a sticker yeah. <laughs> on Literally the penny. A sticker. Or just like Man. a piece of paper with tape. You see one Apple sticker on there. <laughs> you That's our you sponsor. Like your Apple products. That's our sponsor. If anyone's <laughs> listening that works at Apple, you know, hit us up. There we go. I know you guys are rich. You guys are market share is really high. So yeah, I know you got something in there. Throw a few <laughs> dollars in here. Pay for our season. Man, but there you oh. go. The Premier Pod Coed League. Yeah. Experience. But, hey, I'm we'll see. I'm I'm excited for you. That sounds uh like what we were talking about before the show, but that sounds really fun that you got like you got like a little thing going on that like will hopefully last for um you know up until August and score a good amount of goals, assist a ton and like have some good fun because yeah, I hope I hope everything goes well with that because that sounds like a really fun fun opportunity you got going on there. Hopefully when I report back, I don't have to say I pulled a Paul Pogba. I only got <laughs> one goal. In 10 appearances and two assists, <laughs> but yeah. 10 haircuts. <laughs> let's, let's hope not. Let's hope your, let's hope your little short lived career right here will plan out a bit more. But yeah, uh, Tyler's, Tyler's got that rec league. So, like he said, if you got any recs um, for people that are in that Portland area, um, be sure to hit him up and yeah, he'll, he'll work on uh, getting you on the team and you guys can like start, start playing together there. But yeah, uh, after that, I think that, that was about it. That's all we had for. Uh, this episode, like we always say, you can subscribe to us on at the Premier Pod for the video versions of this podcast. You can also follow us on social media at on Instagram and Twitter at the Premier Pod. Send us any questions that you may have, or send us any recs of people that are in that Oregon area. And we can send it to Tyler, and they can connect right there. Um, but if you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave us a review and rating. It helps boost our channel or boost our podcast up to more people and gets us a chance to be out there with uh, everyone else. But if you don't want to do that, just sh- simply sharing it or uh, sharing it with a friend that is interested in the Premier League, that's more than enough. And we appreciate any type of support that we get. So yeah, that kind of wraps up season four, episode 141 uh, for us. Thank you guys so much for listening and watching. Peace. Peace. <laughs>